plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey, folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com coming to you with the uh, Locked on Bucks podcast. It is uh, Tuesday, November 29th. We are at episode 87, uh, wrapping up the Bucks win Sunday against the Seahawks and looking ahead to Sunday's game in San Diego, California against the Chargers. I'm a little late than usual. I uh, had a uh, morning uh, conflict. Uh, I had missed my youngest's Thanksgiving production uh, last week, and the uh, kindergarten class was at the senior center this morning performing, uh, and I had a singing squash I did not want to miss. So uh, just catching up with you guys on that. Uh, we talked to Dirk Cutter on Monday. Uh, a little bit of news, nothing too much. Uh, but no, putting the uh, Seahawks win to bed and starting to look ahead to the Chargers on Sunday. A little bit of uh, injury question marks. We don't necessarily have news uh, but a little bit of concern about two key defensive starters on this Bucks team, uh, Gerald McCoy and Chris Conte. Uh, McCoy, as you know, uh, had been in a boot walking out of the locker room after the game on Sunday, uh, played the entire game, was not in any way limited during the game, had kind of poo-pooed the uh, boot on his foot coming out of the locker room, uh, said he was fine, said it was nothing. Uh, but Dirk Cutter had said uh, Monday that he's getting some additional tests and they'll know more once they get the test. So hopefully nothing at all. He, you know, if you look at the end of the Bucks game Sunday, uh, he got in on a sack pretty late in that game and was dancing and flying around and doing the airplane, if you will. Uh, looked fine. So it could be one of those adrenaline things where he pushed through an injury, but we'll know more uh, probably Wednesday with that. Chris Conte, we don't even know what Chris Conte's injury is. Uh, he only missed four plays on Sunday in the win. Uh, I think they were the last four plays of the game. Just literally came out. I, I didn't see uh, the injury take place. I'm watching the replay, and he had tackled Jimmy Graham across the middle as Seattle was trying to do that last-minute drive. Tackled Jimmy Graham across the middle, got up fine, was in for one more play, and then Keith Tandy was in for him after that. So no idea uh, what the injury is there. The Bucks, being the Bucks, are not shedding much light on the injury until they have to. Uh, so we'll know more. This could be nothing. This could be something that holds him out of practice Wednesday. We'll know more as the uh, the week goes on. Obviously, Chris Conte is a guy that has barely come off the field uh, as part of this defense. So I think they'd be comfortable with Chris Tandy. Sorry, with Keith Tandy, uh, if Conte couldn't go this re- this week. Uh, but it is a, a rough week for you to be down in your secondary. I mean, San Diego. You know, uh, you look at Philip Rivers uh, has twenty three touchdowns, just as many as Jameis Winston. Uh, in terms of passing offense, they are fifth in the NFL, averaging 271 yards a game. Uh, their tight ends do well, which means it's a busy week for the uh, safeties. Uh, both Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry have five touchdowns each. So they're pretty much the uh, the best scoring tight end team in the NFL. Uh, so we'll know, like I said, next couple days we'll have a better sense on Chris Conte, what his injury is and how significant his injury is as well. Uh, they did make a minor roster tweak yesterday. Uh, I, I guess this is related to McCoy, but I'm not positive. But uh, the Bucks 
added Rodney Coe back to their practice squad. Rodney Coe was a guy who was with them for, I don't know, at least a month or so earlier in the season on the practice squad. Uh, just gives them one more defensive tackle in the mix. They had, uh, you know, they had added Silver Salinga. Uh, they had John Hughes inactive on Sunday. Also had Devontae Lambert inactive. He's kind of a, an end-slash-tackle as well. So there, there's good depth at, at defensive tackle. Obviously, if Gerald McCoy is down, it doesn't matter what your depth is, you're going to know that he's gone. Uh, to make room for Rodney Coe in the practice squad, the Bucks cut Courtney Brown. Uh, those of you that know Courtney Brown, you have heard that before. Courtney Brown, the defensive end, uh, who actually played briefly with the Bucks last season, has now been cut 12 times in the last four years by seven different NFL teams. Uh, this is his third time getting cut by the Bucs. Uh, so feel bad for Courtney Brown, but uh, obviously he's bounced back from this before and hopefully will latch on somewhere else. Good guy, and was glad to see him get in and get some NFL action last year. I think he had been cut nine times, nine times uh, when the Bucks actually got him on the field on special teams last year. Uh, could have more transactions today. Curious to see if they make any roster moves related to Conte, related to McCoy. Uh, they've got a little bit of, of luxury of depth now because they're getting healthy again at these positions. So uh, you would think when Jacquez Rogers comes back healthy, that might mean Mike James is gone. When uh, Evan Smith comes back healthy, that means Josh Allen is back down on the practice squad. So a couple different things that could change uh, roster-wise between now and Sunday. But if they do make a change, it'll probably be here in the next day or two before they get going practicing in earnest for the Chargers. Uh, I thought it was a neat story. Uh, yesterday we wrote about uh, this week, week 13 in the NFL. The NFL is allowing players to wear custom-made cleats, kind of having free will to uh, wear what they want in terms of cleats. And they're using this, uh, asking players to use the cleats to show causes they believe in. Uh, they expect about 500 NFL players to take part in the My Cleats, My Cause campaign. Uh, a bunch of bucks, too. Uh, Mike Evans is one of the more high-profile players across the league doing that. He's got actually got a pick of it. Uh, some really cool gold cleats he's going to be wearing. He's got number 13 on the side. Uh, it's with a website uh, called Rise. It's the Ross Initiative for Sports and Equality. Uh, does a lot of work trying to get uh, improved race relations, trying sideline racism is their campaign with the shoes uh, this coming season. So Mike Evans wearing the gold cleats for his uh, Rise program. Uh, Jameis Winston will be wearing special cleats for uh, juvenile diabetes, which means a lot to him because his grandmother is diabetic. Uh, Quan Alexander is uh, wearing cleats to show uh, anti-gun violence. Uh, you know, Quan lost his brother, uh, was shot and killed last year. Uh, so that's something that means a lot to him. A bunch of others. Uh, Mike Glennon is doing one with Moffitt Cancer Center. Uh, Donovan Smith is doing one for children with intellectual disabilities. Um, and there's others that I don't want to miss out. Oh, Levante David is doing it with Big Brothers Big Sisters, which he's very active with. Uh, so we know of at least eight or nine. We'll probably get more as the week goes on. But neat that these guys kind of have a chance to express themselves a little bit. NFL uniforms are so regimented with what you can do and what you can have on your uh, cleats, on your wristbands, anything like that. So neat to see they have the chance to uh, express themselves a little bit with that. Uh, James Winston was on uh, Pro Football Talk Live this morning, talked with Mike Florio for about ten minutes. Uh, and kind of they, they do a good job with these national interviews tonight of stepping back and asking more general questions. We get him on a podium each week, and it's a lot of talk about the last game, talk about the next game, 
maybe ask about a teammate or two. But Jameis was really neat. Uh, just talked about, uh, went back to his offseason, his commitment to uh, getting in better shape and how well that's paid off for him. Um, it's neat in that Jameis always knows when he has uh, when he's facing somebody else from Alabama. Like has really good track in his mind. I, I had forgotten that Philip Rivers is from Decatur, Alabama, but Jameis did not. Uh, so Jameis is excited to face another quarterback from Alabama with Philip Rivers coming in, not coming in, uh, with playing host to the Bucks in San Diego uh, this weekend. Jameis talked about uh, what quarterbacks he likes to emulate. Uh, a lot of old school guys that he takes a lot of pride in. Wanting to be like whether it's Randall Cunningham, who he's mentioned before, uh, Donovan McNabb. Uh, he mentioned Warren Moon, who actually was—I didn't see him, but Warren Moon was uh, at the Bucks Seahawks game Sunday. He does radio color commentary for one of the radio broadcasts in Seattle. Um, I remember Warren Moon the first time I ran into him. Uh, he was doing TV work just after he had retired. Uh, I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina in high school, and in 91, uh, Raleigh had a franchise in the World League of American Football. Uh, The Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks uh, went to a Skyhawks game, and being the kid that I was, uh, wanted to try and get Warren Moon's autograph. So, like, waited after the game until Warren came down from the press box, got his autograph on a football card. Uh, was really neat to get Warren Moon's autograph. That's uh, 25 years ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, James Winston also very much looked looked up to Warren Moon growing up. He mentioned Michael Vick in his prime, Doug Williams being a deep threat guy, uh, a lot of African-American quarterbacks that he saw as role models and still uh, tries to emulate on the football field. So neat to hear James talking about all that kind of stuff. We can get a little bit to the Chargers and start talking about things this week. Um, very much from a passing standpoint, very much like the Bucs. Um, Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers both have 23 touchdowns. Winston has 11 interceptions. Philip Rivers has 12 interceptions. Uh, Chargers are 14th in passer rating. Bucks 17th in passer rating. Um, but I mean, this Chargers offense is a prolific offense. They are fourth in the NFL in scoring at 28 points a game. Uh, that's six more than the Bucks at 22. Uh, they've been in a lot of high-scoring games, so this is unlikely to be a 14 to five game there at Qualcomm on Sunday. Uh, some of the other things in terms of things that stand out to me, uh, much like the Chiefs two weeks ago for the Bucs, this Chargers defense, uh, number one in the NFL now with 14 interceptions. Uh, Casey Hayward, the guy they got from the Packers, has six of them, which leads the NFL. Uh, San Diego's one off the NFL lead in takeaways as a whole, uh, 23. The Chiefs had 24. And again, Bucks had very similar uh, challenge ahead of them with Kansas City two weeks ago and handled it very well. Uh, they're not a tremendous sack team. We hear a lot about Joey Bosa, uh, but the Chargers are 25th in the league in sacks. They only have 20. Um, they also lead the NFL in offensive turnovers. They have 23 turnovers this year. Uh, they're also tied for the league lead with 11 fumbles. Uh, so a lot of trouble with holding on to the football. Phillip Rivers has three fumbles this year. Travis Benjamin has three fumbles. Uh, Melvin Gordon has two fumbles. Uh, they got six different players that have lost fumbles this year. Uh, it was kind of neat. I was listening to Quan Alexander on his radio show yesterday. Quan and uh, Melvin Gordon went head-to-head their last year in college. LSU played Wisconsin. Uh, Gordon had a pretty good game. I think he had 16 carries for 140 yards in that game and a touchdown. Uh, LSU got the last laugh. I think they won 28-24. Uh, so I think Quad is excited to see Melvin Gordon again. Uh, very respectful of what he can do. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon in his second NFL season now is up to 908 yards and nine touchdowns. So sort of running and playing like the kind of back you'd expect him to be when they drafted him as highly as they did out of Wisconsin. Um, Phillip Rivers, obviously one of the more prolific passers in the NFL over the last uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, yes, he is from Alabama uh, and is feared for that alone. But he's at 3,128 yards with 23 touchdowns, as we mentioned. Uh, has done that really without anything from Keenan Allen, from his top receiver this year. Uh, as we mentioned, Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry, uh, old tight end, young tight end. They have five touchdowns each. bunch of receivers you've never heard of, Dontrell Inman and Tyrell Williams, uh, a bunch of these guys. I think, you know, we know a couple of the names of this team in terms of Danny Woodhead, in terms of uh, Melvin Gordon, but a lot of offensive weapons they have there that will be a challenge for this Bucks team. This is one of those where uh, it'll end up being a high-scoring high game, I think, in San Diego this week. They've had a lot of games where uh, the losing team this year has had 25 points or more. So uh, probably very different from what we just had in Tampa here, but uh, should be exciting. Uh, i got a couple charity things today I'm probably going to duck over to. Uh, might catch up with Alteron Werner, with Kevin Pample, some of the other guys that we've talked about a lot here in the last few days. But that will wrap things up for uh, today's podcast. These Tuesday, Wednesday podcasts are usually a little bit lighter because there's not too much on the news side of things. Uh, but lots more to come here next three days before I get in the air and fly seven hours to go to San Diego. Uh, excited about San Diego was out there uh, for the whole week when the Bucks went to their Super Bowl in 02 uh, and excited to get back. Uh, even if I'm only there for, whatever, 36 hours or something like that, flying back Sunday night, taking a red eye. So uh, a quick trip to San Diego, but still a nice trip, especially this time of year. That will wrap things up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, but for now, that wraps this up for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.